Hey, this is Pastor Jeff Workmeister of Elevate Church, and welcome to our podcast. I want to thank you for listening today. I hope this inspires you, encourages you, and builds your faith. Enjoy the podcast. Come on, let's pray. Father, we love you. We worship you, Jesus. We thank you, God, for grace, grace, and more grace. We thank you, God, for your understanding, your revelation, your truth, your grace. Fill us with the Holy Spirit right now and your understanding. Everybody agrees, said? Amen, amen, amen. Hey, we are in a series, and we are talking about grace. Hasn't it been good? Yeah, yeah. Wasn't baptism so good last week? Come on. Yeah. So good, so happy. Okay. All right, if you got a Bible, pull out your Bible. Okay, if you got an e-Bible, pull out your e-Bible. If you have something to write some notes down, I encourage you to write down some things that God will say to you. Let me jump in. Let me ask this question to you today, okay? How do you see yourself? Okay? It's a big question. How do you see yourself? You know, when I first heard the lyrics to that song, it was like one of those songs that, number one, I felt like I was in my room in like 1999, and I was like listening to that song, and it's crazy how things just like always come back, and it just like like grabbed my ear, it grabbed my heart, but then the words of the song really, really spoke deeply to me. And me personally, I know this. I know the Bible, okay? I've been told my entire life how much Jesus loves me. I'm preaching a series right now about grace, okay? I'm teaching about the goodness of God, the grace of God, and at the same time, I can still feel what? When I look into the mirror, I can see what? Inadequacies. And I think that's how a lot of us feel, is that, you know, I, I, I hear, Pastor Jeff, what you're saying about grace. I hear about the goodness of God. I hear these things about God is for me, and he loves me, and he's with me. But really what I see when I look into the mirror is this. I just see all these inadequacies. I see all these failures. I see all these mess-ups. I see all these flaws in my personality. I mean, listen, people, the, the lady at Cinnabons in Liberty Center knows me, okay? She knows me personally, okay? And I come so much that she gives me free extra icing every time. I'm like, You're, there's a special place in heaven just for you, just for giving me that, okay? That song says, my, I love you back, okay? It feels so inadequate. I think that's how a lot of us feel. We come into worship, and we know Jesus is here, but we feel inadequate to love him back. Why? Because we see all of our flaws. And we're focused on all of our inadequacies. The truth is this. When we look into the mirror of life, what are we seeing? We see struggles. We see addictions. We see things that we just seem like we can't defeat. 
we can't get over. You know, we see uh, a failing or failed marriage or business. You know, we see things like a bad decision that led to a loss in your life. And because of that, you, me, we, what? We actually do what? We hide. And we hide really from who? From God. This is the exact same thing that we saw at the very beginning of time in the garden, right? Adam and Eve, they fail, they mess up. And what's their first response? Their first response wasn't to what? Run to God. Their first response was to run from God and to do what? To hide from God. And so today, if you're writing notes, I want you message title is this, come out of hiding, okay? Come out of hiding, all right? And we're talking about in this series, because of the cross of Jesus, we do what? We return home and we return to what? To grace. Because of what Jesus Christ has done, we return to grace. Go with me to Matthew, okay, Matthew chapter eight, okay? Matthew chapter eight, we're gonna look at three verses today, one through three, Matthew eight. It says this, after he came down for teaching the hillside, a massive crowd began following him. Suddenly, a leper walked up to Jesus. Okay, if you don't know what a leper is, is somebody has a serious, serious illness. They have a uh, serious skin disease. Their fingers could be deformed, and um, leprosy was so transmittable that they would actually take people who had leprosy and they would force them to live outside of the city limits, out in the wilderness, away from human contact, away from their family and their friends. They wanted nothing to do with these people, and they would push them outside of the city limits. So when this leper is walking up to Jesus, this is a major, major, big-time deal, okay? It says, he threw himself down before him and worshiped him and said, Lord, you have the power to heal me if you really want to. Verse three, Jesus reached out his hand, touched the leper and said, of course, I want to heal you. Be healed. And instantly, all signs of leprosy disappeared. Okay? So let's do this real quick. Let's define who Jesus is, okay? We, we need to have a very clear picture in our hearts and in our minds of who Jesus is, okay? First of all, Jesus is the one who died for us. Can we get an amen today, okay? He's the one who took all of our sin, and, I, and listen, I know that we hear this all the time, and I never, ever, ever want to treat that common, like ever. We should never treat that common. He takes our sin, our dirty, nasty, failure, mistakes, and sin, he took it in his body on the cross, okay? So Jesus took that so that you could overcome in this life. The next thing we know, we've been talking about this in this series, is that Jesus is the representation of grace. He is our picture of grace. So when we're reading the Bible, when we're reading the New Testament, we're reading about Jesus, we're actually getting an accurate picture of grace who grace is. It is Jesus. Jesus is our picture of grace. And then a couple weeks ago, we talked about what? The word grace actually means what? Favor, right? So our picture of Jesus is grace and favor. 
Okay? Now, I'm going to give you two definitions. I'm going to give you an American definition, and I'm going to give you a biblical definition of favor. Favor means this. Approval, support, act of kindness beyond what is due. Who wants that? Okay, I do. All right? The biblical definition is this. Approval, acceptance, special benefits, and blessings. Okay? So this is the picture that I want you to have in your head today of Jesus. Number one is this, approval. Approval. A lot of us struggle with this. We wouldn't admit to this, but we do. We wonder if God approves of who we are, approves of our personality, approves of, you know, our job, approves of our life. So, number one, he approves of you. He loves you. The second thing is he accepts you. He accepts you into this family. You are a part of the family of God. And he loves you. And you're here. You're with us. You're part of this. He brings you into the family. And then what's the next thing? Special benefits. Special benefits. That there are benefits for knowing Jesus. His grace, his love, his mercy, his kindness, his protection. How many of you know there are some, a couple weeks ago, after second service, I was driving on I-71, and the car in front of me going 70 miles per hour slammed on their brakes, and I locked my car up. I mean, locked my car up, fishtailed that thing back and forth, then went over into the side uh, lane, and thank God we didn't hit him. I thought for sure we were going to slam right into him. What is that? That's the grace of God. It's the grace of God. That shouldn't have happened. I should have been in a car accident. But what? I have special benefits. Amen? I have special benefits. So this is the picture that I want you to have of Jesus, okay? So point number one is this, okay? Jesus is coming to you. Jesus is coming to you. Verse one, it said this, after he had come down from teaching from the hillside, a massive crowd began to follow him, okay? Listen, the crowd would have never followed Jesus if Jesus would have came down to them, okay? Did you see that? So Jesus is speaking on the hillside. There's a massive crowd. They're all listening to Jesus. If Jesus would have come down to them, there would have never been a crowd to follow him, okay? Why? Because Jesus took a different way. Okay? Jesus had a mission in mind. Jesus was walking to the man with leprosy, not away from the man with leprosy. Okay? So we see all of our inadequacies. We see all of our failures. We see all of these things, and we think honestly that God is upset at us, and he is walking the other direction. Instead, God's actually walking to you. So if God, if Jesus is walking to you, not away from you, what does that mean? Approval, acceptance, special benefits, and blessings are walking to you. Amen. That's a good word. That's a good truth. God's not walking away from you. Do you remember again in the garden? They run and they hide. And what did God the Father do? He came to them. He came to them. Why? Because God always wants to heal and restore. That's the heart of the Father. 
The heart of the Father is always to heal brokenness in your life. He wants to heal the inadequacies that you feel. He wants to restore you. Why is he walking to the man with leprosy? Because Jesus is a good God who heals. That's why he's walking to them. Point number two is this. Which way are you walking? Which way are you walking? So suddenly, a leper, okay? And you've got to understand this. In this day, in this time, okay? Look, we would see any sick person walk straight up to a hospital today, right? And we would expect that. But you've got to understand, in this day, in this time, in culture, a man with leprosy, was not permitted to even get by people, okay? These people lived out in the wilderness in isolation. So the fact that this man has enough faith to walk up, and remember who's with Jesus, the masses, right? So the masses are watching Jesus, and they're watching this interaction, right? Because they're, they're trying to go, wait, 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 wait. That guy, there was this word, it was called unclean. They would go, he is unclean. And there's no way that I'm ever touching this individual. Because the moment I touch this individual, I become what? Unclean. And then guess what? I'm removed from my family, my friends, my life, and shunned out into the wilderness, right? (laughs) So here is this unclean man walking to Jesus. You know what I know about failure? Failure is interesting. Failure will make you feel what? Isolated. Okay? Failure will actually cause you to do what? Walk the opposite direction. Think about how many times you failed in your uh, view, in your relationship with Jesus And instead of walking to Jesus, you walked away from him. Have you ever, like, made, like, a terrible decision, and then, like, you turn on the radio in your car, and, like, you know, Caleb's on, and there's, like, this song about grace, and you're like, nope, not today. I don't have anything to do with that, right? It's going to go farther down this hole. And you know what's interesting is the enemy is so good at reminding us of our failures. So I remember uh, the day that I graduated from my internship. The day I became an official pastor, okay? I was Pastor Jeff, very, very young, very, very stupid, okay? <laughs> but I was a pastor, okay? And I remember that day, me and my friends uh, that also uh, graduated that day, um, we uh, got some graduation money, not a lot, but I remember we thought we were like, we were like bougie rich, and so we were gonna go to Applebee's, okay? All right, when you're young and you got some money, you're like, dude, Applebee's, it's, listen, a bourbon steak, you know what I mean? Some shrimp, you know? I'm like, today's gonna be a good day, right, okay? So we go, we go to Applebee's, me and my buddies. We sit down, we're gonna eat, and I remember the waitress walks up. And I remember as soon as she walked up, my heart just dropped. Because I remember this was a girl that I lost my virginity to in high school. 
But you know what's interesting is this. Growing up in the church, you grow up around the things of God, and you grow up around the Holy Spirit, and you have a family that prays for you all the time, and they're praying God's grace over your life. They're praying, praying that you come to know Jesus. And so you can be in sin, but it's still not fun. Okay. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Like, like when the, yeah, somebody, yeah, people are like, yeah, yeah, it is awful, okay? When I sin, it's terrible. So this was me in high school. So I would like run after the world and I would run after, you know, sin, but I would have the sin and then I would feel miserable and I'd be like, I don't feel good at church. I don't feel good in the world. I don't feel good anywhere. You know what I mean? So I remember I lost my virginity to this girl, but I felt horrible. I felt terrible. So I never called her back. And now here is the day that I graduated and become a pastor, and who's my waitress? The same girl. And she's like, hey, long time. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> it's been a real long time. I'm like, I think somebody's calling me, you know? She, and, and she was like, what are you guys out doing? And my friend goes, we're all celebrating. We're pastors today. And I'm like, yeah. Rock the flock for Jesus. Let's go. Right? The enemy knows how to what? Remind you. He knows how to remind you, and he knows how to remind you at the right moment. You're inadequate. God really, really can't love you. You know? Remember what we're talking about in the series. We're talking about this word repentance. We're talking about this word in the Hebrew, teshuva, that represents repentance. What does it mean? Because of the cross of Jesus, we return home. Meaning what? We walk to Jesus. See, the man with leprosy made a decision. He wasn't going to walk away from Jesus. He was going to walk to Jesus. And can I encourage you, when you do fail, just walk to Jesus. It's real simple. I've never had a moment in my relationship with God that I came into like a moment with the Lord. If it was in my car, if it was at home, if it's in a closet somewhere, if it's wherever, any moment I've ever had with the Lord, I'm like, Lord, I failed. I've never had him reject me. He's never rejected me. The only thing I've ever felt since was his love, his grace, and his mercy. That's it. He never rejects me. When I walk to him. Point number three today is this. What are you hearing about God? What are you hearing about God? Let me ask you this question. I want you to write this down again. What is the inner dialogue in your head or your heart about Jesus and what he wants to do for you? Did you get that? What is the inner dialogue in your head and in your heart about Jesus and what he wants to do for you? How many of you know, man, we have a lot of thoughts every day? Okay. 
We have a lot of inner dialogue that's happening inside of us and nobody knows, nobody hears about, but we do. We hear about it all day long, okay? And again, the enemy, he is a master at planting thoughts of doubt and fear and worry and anxiety and telling you who you're not, right? Let me share this verse with you. Romans chapter 10, verse 17 says this. So faith comes by hearing. Faith comes by hearing. I remember a few years ago, and I, I love Elevation Church. I love their worship. But I remember they had this song, and I remember our youth group, they wanted to do this song so bad. And the song was, Lord, give me more faith. Give me more faith. And I was like, nope, that's not biblical. We're not going to sing that. Uh, I'm, it sounds good. It sounds nice. It sounds right. It sounds like, yeah, like, God, give me more faith. But no, 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 no. What did Romans just tell us? Faith comes by hearing and hearing what? The word of God. That's the only way your faith grows is when you hear about who God is. When you hear about his nature, when you hear about his character, when you hear about his miracles, when you hear about what Jesus has done, you go, oh, he did it for the leper? He healed the leper? He can heal this dumb cold, right? Why not? He healed a leper. He could heal anything. But that faith rises when you see those words and you hear those words and they go deep into your soul and faith rises up and you're like, yeah, God is good. He's faithful. He's kind. He approves of me, right? Because that's a big deal, right? A lot of times we don't receive what we should receive from God because we don't believe that we're good enough to receive it, right? Right? We think, I'm not worthy of this. I'm not worthy of his grace. I'm not worthy of his approval. But he, remember, remember, he approves of you. He accepts you and special benefits. Like what? Healing. Healing of what? All kinds of things. Healing of emotions. Healing of marriages. Healing of attitudes. Thank you, Jesus. He's healing my attitudes. You know what I mean? Like he heals special benefits. But faith comes by what? Hearing the word of God. So if we go back to the text, right? Jesus comes down from the hillside, okay? A leper walks up to him, kneels down before Jesus, starts worshiping and says, Lord, you have the power to heal me if you really want to. And Jesus reaches out his hand to the leper, touches the leper, says, of course I want to heal you, okay? But how did the leper have faith for Jesus to heal him? Right? Because faith only comes by what? Hearing. So how did the leper have faith for Jesus to heal him? Well, that answer is actually found in Matthew chapter 5, 6, and 7. See, there's this message called the Sermon on the Mount, right? Jesus is on the Mount. 
He's on the hillside. He's on the top of the hillside. And there's these crazy acoustics out in Israel, okay? And when Jesus spoke on the hillside, his voice would travel down the hill to what? To the mass crowds, but somewhere else too, where a man was at the bottom of the foot of the hill, the mountain, hiding behind what? There's these huge boulders, these huge rocks at the very bottom. And what is he doing? He's hiding. He doesn't want anybody to see him. He doesn't want anybody to know he's there. Why? Because he's got, he's got inadequacies, right? We do this in church. We come to church, and we're like, I'm just going to sneak in the back. I'm make sure the lights are dim. And as soon as church is done, man, I got remote start going right now. You know, like I'm ready to get out of here right? But the voice of the Lord comes down the hillside, right? So here's the deal. What you're hearing and what you've heard, let me say this, what you're hearing currently, but also what you've heard, because here's the deal. I love you all, but you all quote the Bible when it's not the Bible. It's your Aunt Sue, okay? I promise you, okay? You, you think it's the Word of God, but it was Aunt Sue, and Aunt Sue had this picture of God, and she told you that your entire life. So what you're currently hearing and what you once heard has what? Huge, life-changing ramifications for your future. It's huge. It can be the difference between receiving a miracle or staying locked in bondage. Get that? Talk about a miracle. Miracle. It can draw you to God, right? Or it could what? Drive you farther away from him. Okay? See, faith comes by hearing. But you know what else comes by hearing? Fear. Well, I should have got a big amen for that. Fear. I've been saying it for months. I won't stop saying it. Turn the news off. Turn it off. And you're like, oh, I don't want to be uneducated. I'd rather be ignorant. I'm just being honest and full of faith instead of full of fear. Right? We teach our boys this all the time. What you put in will come out. I, I mean, listen, Pastor Jeff loves some Twinkies, okay? It comes out, you know what I mean? Like, it's, it's just part of life. Same thing. What comes in these ears, what comes in these eyes, what you put, what you digest into your soul will have an effect on your daily life. And I know that some of you are like, well, I don't watch the news. Well, you watch enough social media to watch the news. Turn it off. Shut it down. The other day I was on Instagram. I was like, delete, delete, delete all these different things I follow. I'm like, if it doesn't have to do with golf and funny dogs, 
That's all I want, okay? That's all I want. Well, it's, it's just so depressing. How could you have faith that Jesus wants to help you if you're hearing different things like, well, God actually punishes you when you make mistakes? Right? Can, can I share a well-crafted lie by the enemy that I grew up in in church? I grew up in this lie that I was told when I was growing up, when you make mistakes, you're making a barrier between you and God. <laughs> what a lie. What a lie. But it sounded right, right? Like growing up in church, it was like, we, we want to please God. We want to be obedient. We want to make him happy. So when I make a mistake, I'm not making my father happy, and it's actually causing a barrier between me and him, and he's upset at me. What a well-crafted lie by the enemy that spread through my entire church. Right? So if, if I want God's help, but I actually believe that God punishes me when I make mistakes, how can I have his help? Right? Right, you can come on up. How about this? How can you look to him for healing if Aunt Sue told you your whole life that, you know what, um, that person that got cancer, you know what, the Lord's, Lord's working through that cancer to, to change that person. Right? It sounds good. It sounds like, like oh, yeah, like God's going to work it all out, and, and God's going to use this cancer, and, and they're going to really love Jesus more. Really? Because this is what I know about the Word of God. The Bible says this, that the devil is the prince, not the king, the prince, but he has authority in this world, okay? He does have authority. Look at, uh, look at Matthew chapter four. The devil actually tempts Jesus with the kingdoms of this world. So he has authority. And what does he do? He brings pain, destruction, sickness, disease. God did not create sickness. The devil did. But how are we supposed to believe for healing when all I've heard my whole life is that maybe God heals, maybe God doesn't heal? Right? What if I told you God heals? What if I told you that I prayed with a man once that had stage four cancer, he had two weeks to live, and I prayed with him. We just prayed a simple prayer for a minute, like a minute. I didn't have anointing oil. I didn't have all the people in the church around. It was just me and him. He had two weeks to live. You know what's interesting about cancer? You can smell cancer. If anybody's ever been around cancer, you know cancer. You can smell it on a person. It's like death. And I could smell it on him. I just took his hands. I said, do you believe that Jesus can heal you? He goes, I do. I said, so do I. We prayed and agreed. And I didn't see him for like two months. I legit thought he died. 
And I'll never forget this one Sunday, he came to church and he found me. He goes, I'm alive. I'm like, yes, you are. He goes, I went back to the doctor. They did all kinds of tests, all kinds of scans, everything. They can't find a trace of cancer in my body. They can't find a trace in my body. How about this? How can you believe that God wants you to be blessed when all you've heard growing up is that God wants to keep you poor so that you stay humble? Yeah, we're getting into some lies today, aren't we? And you know what's the craziest thing is all these things that I'm talking about, we all heard it in the church. We didn't hear it from our coworker. We heard it in the church. Well, God wants you poor so that you stay humble. I say this all the time. You can't give what you don't have. You can't give what you don't have. You only give what you have. But how am I supposed to believe God for more? How am I supposed to believe God for a better job? How am I supposed to believe God to help us get out of debt? How am I supposed to believe God to help us with the stack of bills? How? If all you heard your whole life is that God wants you poor so you stay humble. How can God possibly do anything good for you if all you hear is that God actually punishes you and you actually have this fear of God. Now, I'm all about a righteous, holy fear of the Lord. Okay? I believe in it. Like, he is God. And, and I'm in honoring him, honor to him. Okay, But I don't fear him. Now, there are times, like that song, I feel inadequate because... I walk into worship and I've had a rough week and I just feel his grace come on me. I feel his love come on me. I'm just like, God, I'm so not worthy of this. Uh, and I feel like my love to you is so inadequate. It's just so inadequate, God. And it makes me want to hide because all I see is my inadequacies. So what did the man with leprosy hear? What did he actually hear that caused him to have faith to come out of hiding? He was hiding. He was close, but he was still hiding. Right? Like we want just enough Jesus, but we're still hiding from him. Right? So what did he actually hear? Well, I'll share it with you. Matthew 6, verse 25. Jesus says this, I tell you not to worry about everyday life. I'm not going to do a show of hands, but I know we're all struggling with that right now. We're all struggling with that. Whether you're going to have enough food or drink or enough clothes to wear. I remember, uh, it's probably like eight months ago. I remember hearing that there was like another shortage of like, paper towels. And I remember like, I was like on a mad hunt to find paper towels. I'm like, not in my house. 
right? I'll buy them all. I remember I was in Kroger. It was like 12 o'clock at night, and I'm like looking for paper towels. And they must have just put out every paper towel they had because it was just full. But you know what I remember the Lord said to me? He goes, he goes, why are you doing this? Why are you doing this? I'm like, they said there's a shortage. He said, there's never a shortage for my people. There's never a shortage for my people. People who trust me. You don't need to worry about this. Why are you worrying? This is exactly what Jesus said. Why are you worrying about everyday life? Well, if you're going to have enough food or drink or enough clothes to wear. He said, isn't life more than food? Isn't your body more than clothes? Look at the birds. They don't plant, harvest, store in barns, but your heavenly Father feeds them every day. And then here's the best part. And this is what I think the man with leprosy heard. I think this is the line that actually caused him to have faith. He says this, aren't you far more valuable? Aren't you? I need you to hear this today in your heart. Aren't you far more valuable? To him than these birds. See, when the man with leprosy that was at the bottom of the hill and he was hiding and he heard that, guess what happened? Faith rose up. Faith rose up in his heart. He goes, oh, God the Father says, even in all of my inadequacies, I am far more valuable. That man with leprosy said, even though everybody else has rejected me, even though everybody has pushed me outside of the city, even though my God, my Father, he says what? I'm valuable. And because of that, because of what he heard, faith rose in his heart. And guess what? He came out of hiding. They started walking to Jesus. That does what? He accepts. Can you imagine the crowd that day when he said, will you touch me? See, Jesus didn't have to touch him. Remember the story with the Roman officer and the daughter who was sick? And he said, just at your word. The officer said, just at your word. And the Lord says, she's healed. He wasn't even next to her. She was just healed. That's why sometimes people just get healed in worship because you're just in proximity of God. He didn't have to touch him, but can you imagine the crowd when Jesus said, yes, I will touch you. I'll touch what? I'll touch your inadequacies. I'll touch all your failure. I'm not scared by it. I'm not worried by it. I'm not overwhelmed by it. See, we think, man, like, God, there's just too much in my past. There's just too much in my past. There's too much in my life. There's just too much going on. There's no way you could ever use me. And he goes, I'm not afraid of this. I'm not afraid of this. Just like the man with the leprosy, I'll touch you. I'll touch you. Let me share these verses with you. Psalms 103, verse 8. 
The Lord is compassionate. The Lord is compassionate. Aren't you thankful that God is compassionate for our humanity? I told the Lord the other day, I said, this is all becoming too big. Like, like there's a place in me, I'm like, I, I, I can't manage everything anymore. You know, when the church was small, when the church was, a, you know, like 100 people, 150 people, I could handle it all. Now I just can't. But I want to feel like I can, right? I want to feel like I can. I want to feel like I can be in control. I want to feel. But I came in here the other day and I said, Lord, I can't do it. He goes, about time. About time, son. He's not afraid of my inadequacies. He knows who I am. He knows who I'm not. He's okay with it. He's compassionate for my humanity. It says the Lord is compassionate and merciful. Slow. Slow. Slow to anger. How great is that? He is so merciful, slow to get angry at us. And filled with what? Unfailing love. That means love that never ends. It just goes and it goes and it goes. And he goes, I know you keep making that same mistake. I know you keep doing that. I know you keep talking crazy to your wife. And I know you're insane, but I still love you. I still love you. I still love you. Is that a good word? Why don't you stand up? I'm going to share one more verse with you. Acts chapter 10, verse 38. It says this. God anointed Jesus of Nazareth, okay, with the Holy Spirit and great power. And he went around doing good. Jesus went around doing good. What? Doing what? Blessing people, loving people, healing people. Show me one time in Matthew, Mark, Luke, or John that Jesus ever sent somebody that was sick away. Show me one time. Show me one time that somebody had an encounter with Jesus and they weren't blessed or healed or changed or restored. You can't show it to me. He's just so good. He's so good. So he went around doing good, healing, 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 all who were oppressed by the devil. What is that? Inadequacies. Right? The enemy's been working on us our whole entire life, trying to keep us oppressed, trying to keep us down, trying to keep us hidden, trying to keep us away from the Lord. But he heals it. He heals it. He heals it. This is what grace is. This is what grace is. This is what the good news of Jesus is. This is the power that actually frees you from sin. See, 
you wonder, how am I going to overcome this failure? How am I going to overcome these bad decisions? How am I going to overcome these mistakes? How am I going to overcome this addiction in my life? How am I going to overcome this? You know what it is? Because of the cross of Jesus Christ, we return home to what? Grace. Daily encounters with grace. Did you hear what I said? Not Sunday encounters. Daily encounters. Daily encounters. Day after day after day, you return to grace. And you go, Lord, I'm sorry I made a mistake today. I'm sorry that I did this. God, I give you my failure. I give you my inadequacies. I give you my past. Daily, 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 I come to grace. I was talking to a gentleman recently. We were talking about how he just overcame smoking. I'm like, how'd you do it? He goes, I don't know. I just kept coming to Jesus like every day. I just kept coming to Jesus every day with it. I kept telling the Lord, you know, he'd go, this was the best part. He'd go, as I was smoking, I would tell the Lord, Lord, I thank you for your grace to quit smoking. He said, every day, I just kept coming to the Lord. I just coming to the Lord. I kept coming to the Lord. And he goes, I remember one day, he goes, I just didn't have to taste smoke anymore. And I was done. Why? It's the grace of God. It's the goodness of God. It's his love. He's not afraid of your inadequacies. He says, come walk to me. Bring me your inadequacies so I can heal and restore you. Amen? Amen. Like, you all should be smiling right now. You should be really happy right now. You guys look sad. No, no. No, we're not leaving sad today. We're leaving full of faith, leaving full of hope, full of joy, because our God, Jesus Christ, he is for you. He's not against you. Amen. Come on, give it up for it. That's a good word. 